Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hey everyone, and welcome to Slam Fire Radio. This is episode 424 for September 30th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel. I'm another host, Kyle. And I'm Mo. Kyle is uh, flying flying somewhere. You're in an airplane, <laughs> Star Destroyer, something or other. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sure. He's in a, a secret vehicle heading to a secret <laughs> location, apparently. Uh. Very secret. All, all the secrets in there. Uh, yeah, so why don't we get into uh, What We Dig in Guns. What We Dig in Guns is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. And right now they've got the Weatherby Orion 1. This is an over-under shotgun uh, made by Weatherby. And uh, 26 or 28-inch barrel. Grade A walnut stock, Prince of Wales grip. I don't know what that is. It sounds Wales. like a dirty sex position, but uh, and it weighs just it seven does. pounds. <laughs> the it Prince does. of, I gave her the old Prince of Wales grip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, starting, you know, starting to show off like that probably isn't a. Isn't it was a good the sign. first and last time. Yeah, yeah. That's probably, the tone for the evening, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Mo, why don't you take us away? I think you've got the the meatiest update. I had I went back to I went back home to Ontario for uh, to visit family and, and shoot a couple of matches. Uh, a smaller one on the Friday it was six stages in Guelph, Ontario. Uh, it was fun and a uh, pretty good day weather wise. It's starting to get a little rainy to, uh, or about to rain towards the end, but it it, it held off. Uh, and then Sunday was the big one because it was the Ontario uh, Provincials. And uh, it wasn't my first level three. It was my second because I did the Quebec one as well. But uh, so this one was a f- 15 stages. And uh, we it was it was a long day. It was a long, long day because we started. I uh, got there for registration just before 730. And we got shooting at uh, 830. And I think our squad finally finished. It was cl- close to five thirty, uh, so lots of lots of standing. Um, we also had to patch too. There was really there were there were a few extra ROs, but we mostly did we did all the patching. Uh, we just didn't have to do like the resetting of the steel. Really, um, I was happy with how I did. Now, in terms of overall, I didn't I didn't finish very well, more towards the bottom, but. There were a lot of good shooters there, and it was, you know, I, I guess I was disappointed when I first saw it, but then I realized, you know, what, you know, these are more experienced shooters and obviously better. And um, the stages were very cool. There was uh, some some really big long ones. Um, there were quite a lot of movement and running. Um, 
If uh, somebody even wants to check it out, Alexander Berda, who finished first in production, no surprise, he posted on YouTube, so you can see. I think all all but all but one he has on there, and then you can kind of check out all the stages. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, it was because re- there was just a lot of running. It was very, it was really well. Uh, the it was at the Waterloo uh, Revolver Club. I think it's called. It was my first time there, and they had some nice big ranges where they had the the stages really spread out, and you know, like I said, tons of movement left to right, up and down. Uh, they had some shorter stuff too that just you know, obviously the, the speed stages. Um, I learned like it was kind of humbling because uh, I'm not in the best shape, and and even though my you know shooting is improving, I like I have to physically be you know better for next year, so that's something I'm gonna work on. Uh, cause I could tell you, I think it was like the ninth or 10th stage I did that day, uh, mid afternoon was, um, was a weekend only. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, f- I f- actually felt my arm shaking when I was like holding the gun at that point. And I, the accurate, like that was probably the stage that killed me because I did so poorly on it. And it was, it was a bunch of, it was a couple of papers and a bunch of plates. And like, my arm was like shaking when i was shooting so i'm like there's no way i'm like hitting anything so but besides that overall i think i was really happy i um uh i had a good plan for all the stages i had like visualized them and got them ready so i was happy with that and i did that right towards the end i wasn't like you know at the end i was fed up and you know not trying i was i was doing it right to the end so so that was uh that was good. It was like a really good experience. Like I, I really enjoyed it. So I'll definitely go back next year. I'll just be more, more prepared for it. Um, and there was some really good shooters that like I enjoyed. Besides Alexander, there was some other guys that were just like really good. Like whether whatever the division was, you could just see that they, like these guys are <laughs> very skilled. Um, and then term that was really it for that was really it for guns. Uh, I ended up listening to Kyle's podcast. It was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, love the new intro. Um, and, uh, Thanks. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I know he didn't pay me to say that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, I guess I I'll transit endorsements. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and that's, uh, that's really it for me. How about you, Kyle? Uh, well, Saturday we had a work bee at the range to continue working on the rifle ranges. And it went pretty good. We had 11 people out there helping. And we ran out of timber and got probably two-thirds of the sand filled in. Basically, as far as we could reach, got filled. So it was a good turnout, hmm. good, good progress made on there. So now we're just waiting for more wood to continue working on it. And then, I'm going to take it to that he's. Oh, you're, he, it's because he's. It's because he's. Uh, is it on the road? Maybe I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll. I'll go into mine, and then maybe uh, we'll have some better reception in a minute here. Just I was prepping for the well, team match in Peace oh. River. That should be a good weekend. <clears throat> Are you still there? I'll do mine. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll, talk, I'll talk through my stuff. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Kyle's, Kyle's on the road. Uh, okay, so Saturday was a CRPS match. So Rick was uh, coming through Alberta, and uh, we set up. We did some like mild setup on Friday, and then we uh, uh, like Friday night, and 
Then we went Saturday and uh, I shot the CRPS match. Uh, he shot it too, actually. Um, yeah, so we shot the CRPS match. Uh, it was good. I was, I was using that Grey Birch uh, 1022 setup. Uh, had plenty of elevation uh, with my setup there, so that was fine. Um, I would say that my uh, like bipod, all the equipment was fine. Um, I did not know my dope to the level I should have. And uh, that means I couldn't really connect on anything that was too far out. Uh, all the all the close stuff I had no problem hammering. It's the the far stuff where um, I have no idea where I was hitting. What would Maybe, have been the longest distance? Three hundred. Three hundred. Okay. Which is quite a bit of dialing with uh, with twenty two. Uh, you're you're cranking mm-hmm. up like you know thirty five MOA or, or whatever. Um, but um, yeah, so so my I, I didn't know my dope. So the the thing to do would have been to go out. Uh, and confirm dope at like many different distances uh, and then have that uh, taken down and then write it out on the, on the matchbook. And I, I wrote it on the matchbook. I, I confirmed at 200 uh, the night before. And I was like, yeah, I'm making impacts at 200 with what Streelux telling me good enough. Uh, but uh, it didn't play out that way <laughs> for the rest of the day. So uh, yeah, I made a lot of misses where it was like, I had a nice solid position. I feel comfortable in the, in the shot I squeezed off. And uh, and still didn't make an impact and have and one of the things about shooting CRPS is that um, if you're in a field and, and like downrange at, at Chaz is, is a grass field, you've got the targets up on a stick. Um, you don't you don't see a splash. There's no splash behind it. You don't know if you're high okay. or low or left or right. Uh, it's uh, it's just somewhere, right? So uh, and sometimes you will see a splash, and it might look like the splash is below the target. But actually, that's because it's it's another fifty or hundred yards down range, and it's just hit the ground, right? So uh, uh, that didn't go well. But I, I still placed like mid mid pack. Um, I would say that there's uh, and there's there was a quite a bit of difference between like me and like the the guys who were uh, near the top in terms of uh, skill and equipment and ability to shoot that kind of a match. There's uh, there's quite a uh, quite a ways to go there, but I don't. I don't shoot a lot of PRS style shooting. I just do this one because uh, uh, I like to, and I like I like the fact that it's coming through. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. How many stages would it have been? Ten. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the Sorry, silly question. Is there a lot of movement in between uh, the shooting no. points and stuff? No, because it's all it's a fixed shooting line. And they've oh, got multiple, okay. um, all the bait. There's no base. It's just you have it all lined out on one bay. And uh, however many squads you have, that's how many people are shooting at once all at the same time. Oh, just okay. all, you just yeah. keep like a tighter cone. Like there's no such thing as a 90 to 90 rule because it has to be mm. even tighter than that. Um, and uh, you're not moving. You are you are moving like tires and that kind of thing. I got um, most of the match on uh, GoPro. So I'm going to do a video afterwards. It's like all about CRPS from like a okay. ignorant standpoint, because I wouldn't say I'm a pro or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a really fun time and uh, I really enjoyed it. Good. And is it just an accuracy sport or is there a speed component to it too? I mean, a little bit of both because they're timed. So you have two minutes per stage. Okay. Uh, and a lot of the times there'll be like a max round count, like 10 rounds or 12 rounds or something. So there's no, there's no awards for sending the most lead down range. There's no like send it and just accuracy through volume or anything like okay. that. A lot of the times you take a shot and if you miss, well, that's, you lose that point. Right. And you got have to it. make hits, hits for, uh, for points. So 
very much an accuracy game. Um, okay. Knowing your dope, a lot of dialing uh, because you could be shooting at something that's 100 and then shooting at something that's 225 and then back to 100. So you got to dial Possibly up on your, dialing, right? Yeah. 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 And doing okay. math and trying to figure out on the scope what you got to do to get there and all that kind of stuff. Right. You got to do math while you're shooting. Oh, that's sounds terrible. Just basic addition. But yeah, it is. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but beforehand, the, the thing to do is beforehand is write your your uh, dial changes and then put it on a piece of tape and like tape it to your arm or something like that. So you yeah, can so you have a handy for a quick look, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. But uh, yeah, it was it was a fun time. Um, and then I got uh, I've been getting some video reviews out. Uh, so I just got out the Valmet M seventy eight review today, uh, and then a Savage Rascal review. And I got a whole bunch of other stuff that's uh, that's coming through as well. Uh, grips from Prestigious, yeah. So I got, I got a package from Prestigious. They're the guys that we had on uh, oh, a couple months ago, I think. Mm-hmm. They have the uh, the Woodstocks for the Enfields and that kind of thing. Oh, and yeah. uh, they sent us a care package uh, of uh, several different 1911 grips. So Ooh. there's one style. There's another style anything that's reflective and round is like really hard to take photos of or video yeah. of, but uh, you can see they look quite nice. Very this nice. This one is uh, more of a blonde, kind of a light style and then like a traditional red one. Oh, yeah. yeah they look good. Very so neat. I have to send some of those to my co-hosts at Slamfire here to affix to their 1911s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, okay, so the Saturday I was out at CR, CRPS, <clears throat> and then the Sunday I ripped out to my parents' place to uh, butcher a, a heifer and uh, check my game cams at the same time. It, you, it's actually kind of funny because I like I did that, and then I come home, and, and some guy's commenting on my YouTube channel saying, like, because I, I did a review of the ranch hand, and like, you don't know what this was for. You're just guessing. You're not a ranch hand running a ranch or anything like that. And I'm not, but I did just kill a cow and butcher it over the weekend. Kind of close. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of a city slicker, but still got a little, that little tie to the country, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah uh, so I checked the game cams, and uh, yeah, I got lots of so much action out there. There's, uh, I got my spots figured out. Um, there's one spot that's got it's all muley deer, which I don't have a tag for this year. Fantastic. I will go to the other spot, <laughs> and the other spot only white tail and bear and moose and. Uh, Ooh some foxes and uh, porcupine and skunk and all sorts of other weird stuff out there. So uh, it's, yeah, it's looking lots, good. lots looking of wild. Good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then um, I also found out, so I was looking uh, my, my brother lives uh, a little bit closer to me and he's actually in like a special region where they have extra tags you can get. And I found out I can get three extra deer tags if I'm willing to go with uh bow and, and arrow or crossbow or shotgun so i think I or shotgun up, okay mm-hmm. i think i gotta set up one of my shotguns for as a slug gun i think that's the the ticket right there i could go to, i could go buckshot but as far as i know buckshot is like awful for distance and i don't really like the idea of putting a bunch of pellets in the end of deer's guts no, and then having to no. gut it yeah so i'd rather just get a slug gun like uh, uh, figure out which shotgun likes the slugs I've got or buy some other slugs yeah. and uh, and do that. Uh, the distance at his place, it's, it's 100 meters max, like at the most 100 meters. So 
I just got to figure out where the hold over hold under is with a lot of shotguns that kind of hit high with slugs at uh, close distance. So I'll have to figure that out. And really that's a, that's a time thing as well uh, because I'm in the middle of trying to like sell my place. So if, if the timing doesn't work out, I just won't do it. I'll just go right my regular general whitetail and, uh, and moose yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Already got too much meat. Um, <laughs> a, a buddy of mine is, uh, was picking up some Glock mags and I let him know that Iron Guns had some P mags, the Glock P mags for really cheap. Um, and so he's, he said he was going to buy some. And I said, yeah, throw a, throw a couple of those in there for me as well. Like I've already got 10 Glock mags, but three more, three more. The, the price was fantastic. It was too good of a price. I had to, had to go for it. I'm just a, a sucker for, uh, for a good deal. And uh, I think, I think that's it. Yeah. I'm going to try to get a, a bunch more videos here. My kid's working on another one as we speak. I got him queued up with like five. He's got his own bank account now. So he's like, he wants to put some stuff in there, which, uh, yeah, I, I got to get behind Good. that. Good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, uh, I think that's what I got to do is, uh, yeah, get that going. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kyle's not back just yet. So <clears throat> we'll, uh, just, uh, Add him in when he when he comes in here. Uh, let's talk about upcoming events. Upcoming events is sponsored by Telos Alpha. Telos Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the firearms vertical. So if you're looking for marketing help or help with business processes and uh, sales integration with your marketing uh, uh, systems and whatnot, check out telosalpha.com. Uh, right now we have some upcoming Maple Seeds with tickets available in Hampton, New Brunswick. Uh, there's a couple in BC, uh, and there are Sayward, Kamloops, uh, and then in Alberta here, we have Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Minster. What, uh, Alberta, it's in Saskatchewan, really, uh, but it's right, right on the border. Um, so Lloyd Minster and Drumheller are also uh, coming up. So uh, you can sign up on mapleseedrifleman.com, and uh, the events are linked over there. Uh, and then <clears throat> the Hampton, uh, New Brunswick. Uh, limited uh, limited time offer, free selfie with Gallon, and an adult story during lunch to the first 100 participants. Oh, <laughs> very fancy, very fancy. Yeah, that's the, you don't get those out west here. No adult no. stories. No, no, that, no, no, no. Uh, and then uh, ladies' days, just stay tuned. And uh, I mean, we're we're heading into winter here, so I can't imagine we're gonna get a lot more events. It's gonna get gonna get quiet again. Plus, we're gonna get like COVID restrictions probably soon here as well. Oh, in Alberta, yeah. at, at least, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. They, yeah. they haven't done it yet. Our our our, our peak. We're we're like here, over here. Like we plateaued like a week and a little bit ago. So yeah, they'll probably start going down, or maybe it'll start going up. Who knows? You know, you never really know with uh, <laughs> what's going on here. It's never going away. Yeah, I'm fine with the way it is right now. I still get to do outdoor activities and I still get to go to the range yeah. and uh, go shoot matches and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know. I got to wear a mask at some place. I don't really care. True. Uh, let's get into the news. Uh, so the first one here, this is kind of a, uh, uh, you reap what you sow, I think is, is what this is. Uh, Smith and Wesson is moving their headquarters. Uh, they're leaving Springfield and they are moving to Tennessee. So, uh, they were in uh, uh, Springfield, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, which is a big, yeah. which is uh, has pretty strict gun laws. Like they're they're on level with New York and uh, you know some of the tougher states. California, 
yeah. California. That's right, California. How can I forget? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They uh, put a ban on assault weapon manufacturing. That's a very specific thing. That's basically like a ban on Smith and Wesson, right? That's like get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's they're they're better off in in Tennessee anyway. So that's a that's a friendly gun state. So I mean, I kind of like uh, ignore the federal issue for a second. I would love the idea of states like being like the ultimate little experiments where this state is like completely anti-gun. They have no, they have no gun manufacturers, no gun rights whatsoever. This one over here, completely different. This one over here, they've got the manufacturers. They've got, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, constitutional carry. Uh, they've got all the, all the stuff going on over there. And then like, then you can, then you could at least get some natural experiments out of, uh, out of the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, but then you like throw federal law on top of that. And then it kind of makes that hard because if they do an assault weapons ban at the federal level, then, uh, you know, it, uh, it affects all the states. You don't get those natural experiments like you do before. Now look what Texas did with, when they were just gun control talk, they went the op, the complete opposite. They loosened, <laughs> they loosened all, all the, all the laws, which is great. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other saying, uh, the assault weapons are 60% of their revenue. So they must be making a lot of AR 15s and that kind of, I guess the M and P 1522 and oh, all that kind of stuff. Right. Before they were banned here, they were, they were like probably the number one seller for ARs. I would think in Canada, right. Cause the price at one point they were six, were they $600? Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. They, 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 were, was it like, they were really reasonable. Imagine you're getting an AR for 600. Like it was, I think the, some stores had it for like 629 or whatever. Like yeah, that was like 629, 650. And that, that was, at, like when they came into the market, they were like, you could get that for 650 or you could get a Nork for 650. Wow. Yeah. Give me the American one. Right. With some you know, yeah. brand behind it. Yeah. Let's think about it. That price. Like, wow. But obviously those days are gone now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Law God. Yeah, yeah. We don't get anything. But uh hey, Tennessee gets another like huge company uh rolling into their backyard. So good for them. Um th- yeah, them. uh really good for Tennessee. So um they could use the jobs, they could use the employment and uh, all the benefits that comes with uh having a nice big uh company in their backyard. They like the US is interesting because gun ownership has gone up like quite a bit, like between uh, you know, the rioting stuff and COVID or whatever. So they're, they're, it's getting harder and harder for them to pass gun control stuff because there's more gun owners, right? So there's, there's, you know, there's more people that are against it at this point. Not everyone would be passionate, you know, about firearms like the, you know, but still it's, it helps when you have numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the next one I have here is uh, Trudeau urged by a gun control group to replace Bill Blair as public safety minister. Uh, now, I'm sure we wouldn't be sad if Bill Blair was replaced, uh, but it's just kind of funny that uh, uh, the anti-gunners are also calling for his head <laughs> and calling for him to get fired. Which I, I don't know why, unless they just want more, but they want more. He's such an, uh, well, he comes off as such an anti-gun person, right? His attack ad during the election was disgusting, the things he was saying in it, right? So you would think that they would be hugging him and loving him, but I guess not. (laughs) No, they want Trudeau to fire him. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. They don't, they were not happy about uh, the fact that um, right now people, they would just all still have these guns uh, safely locked away in safes uh, because they're a public safety risk. I think that the very 
state of things right now, the fact that we've like got these all locked up and we've had the, them all locked up for two years and like no one's dying, uh, just says that they aren't uh, unsafe. Uh, yeah, I would think so. Right. I would think so. Like, and they always say that comment, you know, there's probably 20 something million guns in Canada. And they always say that thing. If we were a problem, you would know about it. Right. And it's so true because all these guns are in the country and nothing, nothing's happening, you know, outside of like criminal activity, but that's not on us. Handguns. Right? They use handguns. Yeah. They use smuggled handguns. Every time you look at, uh, there's a, a Toronto police tw- uh, Twitter feed that shows all the seized guns they have. And like yeah. half the time they're prohibs and they're always prohibs. Always. Yeah, they're, they're just brought in from the state. And, and that's why that Bill Blair ad made me so mad because he was like saying uh, uh, about as a Toronto police commissioner, he saw the destruction they caused. And I'm like, gangbangers aren't using rifles of any kind to shoot each other in the street. Right. It's ridiculous. They might use that- like, a hacked down old cooey or something like that. That's common here in Edmonton, but that's like the, the really crappy criminals that are like, yeah, yeah. On drugs themselves. And they don't really like, they'll have, they'll have some stolen cooey that's been chopped and, yeah. uh, and mangled halfway to, but you're not going to see them running around with an AR, right. No, or, or a no, WK no, no. or, a, no. or anything like that, you know, anything like that. So it's, it's just ridiculous to even say that. So, Yeah. And WKs aren't actually a problem though, though, because they're uh, non-restricted. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're safe. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're safe. Oh, they're 100% safe. <laughs> oh, the same it's, thing. That's <laughs> madness. That's madness. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So they called. Uh, they want Trudeau to appoint a cabinet member who will act on uh, their priorities. Uh, that's consultations good. with chief of police, police representatives, organizers. Blah 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 blah. Uh, they did consultations and they just turned around and did what they want to. So like they, they did consultations before I was part of the process leading up to the most recent OIC and gun ban. Uh, and they did not use any of the learnings uh, from those, uh, no. from those consultations. No. Uh, implementation of the buyback program as soon as possible, given that the amnesty for current owners ends April 30th. So they want, they want buyback uh, prohibition of numerous models that were not covered by the regulations. I, uh, Take that as you will, whatever they want to ban there. A new legal definition of prohibited firearms to make the ban on various guns permanent. I guess that would do it. But uh, I mean, I guess that depends on how they choose to treat those prohibited firearms because many of the ones that are prohibited in the past, people still own and still have. They just have various uh, levels of government fuckery to keep them from using those guns, whether it's like refusal to give an ATT or whatever the case might be. And, and they're no harm to society. So mm-hmm. hey, you don't see a lot of, uh, um, gas station robberies with FNFALs. No, no, no I don't think heavy. a single, I don't think a single one. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Very loud. Uh, yeah. elimination of loopholes and exceptions related to magazines to ensure compliance with legal limits on the number of rounds and improved police access to sales records to allow data collection without a search warrant, so officers can better trace the origin of non-restricted firearm and detect patterns such as mass purchases. Add me on, I guess. <laughs> They're just yeah. going to keep flagging mass purchases every time Cabell's has a sale or, you know, something's just too good to be true. Yeah. I guess I'm going to, I'm going to show up in that. Oh, this That's- person, this person bought two guns this month. Oh my Ooh. goodness. He must be planning something like, wow. 
Well, the U.S. was talking about a limit of one gun per month. Yeah, the yeah Biden was that. running on. So yeah, two two per month could be too many. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's, there, I, I see two problems in this one. Uh, magazines don't have loopholes. Like the the way that we have our magazine laws set out, you could look at like the LAR mags. It's ten round mag, mm-hmm. you can fit it in mm-hmm. rifle. Ooh, okay. Now that aside, the fact that you're using a ten round rifle mag inside or a ten round pistol mag inside a rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two ways you can do to, you can do limits that are, that are reasonable. One is uh, intent or use. I can have a 30 round mag in my bolt action rifle. The minute I put it into my semi auto, boom, crime. Okay, that's 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 optional one. It gets a little bit tough. You pull someone over on the on the side of the road. They've got a WK. They've got uh, a Ruger. Uh, what's the rifle? The Ruger rifle that takes the AR mags, not a Scout. Hmm. They've got that rifle, and they've got a 30-round mag in there. Now, what was that mag being used for? Mm-hmm. Kind of like a Schrodinger's cat of, uh, of legal yeah. situation. Where, or uh, you can do the, re- like the, the way that Canada did it was reasonable. What's the, gun de- what's the magazine designed for? Whatever it's designed for, limited based on that. Don't worry about all this other stuff. Now the officers pull you over at the side of the road. Uh, you've got a 30-round mag. Um, that is marked as a bolt action rifle magazine. Okay, cool. No problem. Oh, you've got a rifle, a semi-auto rifle magazine, and it's marked as such. That one should be five. So it's easier to enforce, right? Until you start doing what the RCMP is doing, and then Beowulf mags are all of a sudden limited, but not limited. And this 22 one over here that was designed and manufactured for rifle was actually designed for a pistol. Like they've they've perverted this whole like really simple way of classifying magazines and enforcing classification of those magazines uh, as well. And I mean, really, what are we talking about? We're talking about um, 10 round mags and rifles. Like who cares? This is not a, this is not a priority. Yeah. It yeah, is a priority like, to them. They're, they're trying to prevent all these mass shootings and it's like, where are these mass shootings? And, and, and the mag size isn't, has nothing to do with it anyways. So smash shooters doing the, the mag changeover with yeah, you know, like, mags. No, yeah, I, so. <laughs> I was going to go out and c- commit a mass shooting, but I don't have enough mags to accomplish it. So I'm not going to do it. It's just, it's idiotic. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. Um, the other issue in there is, um, is this idea that gun owners uh, have uh, far less rights than criminals? Criminals don't face this kind of uh, no. uh, warrantless <laughs> search no. uh, and aren't subject to this kind of stuff. And like, if this was like a vi- if this was like I don't know a very small portion of the Canadian public, like the, let's say people who buy like dynamite and that kind of thing, yeah, and you got to yeah. you got to do background checks on them once in a while. Okay, it's it's a very small portion of the population, very very small, but like. There's there's two million uh, uh, pal owners in in, in Canada. Yeah. There's a million R pal. This is like a substantial portion of the public that we're subjecting to uh, these advanced uh, warrantless search and uh, uh, surveillance um, for nothing. Yeah, and, I it's, think and it's nothing. all it's all from a small, a little small anti gun. These little tiny little anti gun groups that seem to have so much weight with, with yeah. the, obviously the current government, but it's like, you know, their voices are louder than ours, even though we represent millions and they represent dozens. Squeaky <laughs> wheel gets to grease. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 Indeed. <clears throat> Anyways, that's that news piece. Nothing will happen. I don't think liberal. I don't think Trudeau is going to fire Blair for any of this kind of stuff. It's not nearly as bad. Oh. <laughs> Some of his other ministers have done way worse stuff. 
and yeah. uh, nothing happens. But uh, actually, now's a good time. Uh, uh, Kyle, we just kind of got half of your update there, so you probably like we're driving through a no no reception zone. Did you want to uh, finish off your what you did in guns? Sure. You want me to just start from the beginning, or I don't know where it cut out. So uh, you were doing work at the range with some of the guys, and you ran out of wood, and I think that's where it left off. Okay. So, yeah, we had a great group of guys out there. We had 11 guys out there. And, yeah, there's a good amount of work done because, yeah, we ran out of timber and we got the as much as we could get filled with the skid steer. We need to bring in an excavator to fill up further high, higher up, I guess. Can't talk. Um, yeah, and then wait for wood and then we can next load of wood. We be, should be able to finish off the walls, get the excavator in, fill, and then call for an inspection so that's good hopefully hopefully soon and then the rest of it was just prepping for the weekend up in peace river for the team match nice uh my brother what kind of prep work do you got to do you got to like sight in anything or is all your stuff ready to rock and roll uh i do actually have to sight in my rifle that's the plan tomorrow it's been a crazy week how far do you guys go out of Peace River? What's the what's the max distance? Oh, they can go. They can go out to five hundred. Uh, they've pushed us about two fifty three hundred though. Ah. So we'll see who designs that stage this year and what they're doing. So. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to unless they go five. If you if they go five, you need to. Yeah, need to know where that drop's going down. Well, once yeah. I get it zeroed again, I have all that data. I'm not too concerned about it. Mm-hmm. If, Actually, down in Arizona, it's actually proven really good because up here I never shoot 500. Mm-hmm. Take the rifle down to Arizona for uh, Superstition Mountain, where I do shoot 500. Don't get a chance to check it, put pump it, punch it in with uh, stray lock with the atmospheric data, and it's like dead on every time. So works at I, works at less adjustment. I, I found that did not work with my 22 when I was, but that's like a 35 MOA holdover, not a <laughs> whatever you're doing for 500. Yeah, I don't know. I would just look. Oh, that hash. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be a fun weekend. Uh, yeah, set up help set up the match tomorrow. So yeah, my brother come up. He's gonna come hang out, and family's coming up with me. I think the weather's supposed to be not bad for the next couple of days, right? Yeah, some people are saying like 18 degrees. I saw 15 on Saturday as a high. 15 on Saturday is the high. Yeah, continue. You froze. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just messing around. Yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. I think uh, think this guy's going to have a lot of fun out there. Uh, why don't we get into new gun stuff now? I don't have a, a picture for this, uh, but Maple Ridge Army is making a handguard that's WK 180 compatible. Okay, which is uh, pretty important, I would say, because um, it's kind of hard to get a foreign that works with those. It's they they have like a large gas block, and it's a it's a little bit of an odd thing to uh, to try to get around. And uh, Maple Ridge is in Canada, and they're making their 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 forends are really nice. I have more than a couple of them. And I uh, and thirteen. It's good to have those. Oh, that was interesting. Got a couple of extra data packets, and then it decided to quit. <laughs> uh, we this had to wait my night. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's going to be fifteen. It's going to be it's going to be great. Anything else? Yeah. No, just 
No. Looking forward to the weekend. Get out shooting and hanging out with some buddies. Awesome. Uh, the next one I have here, there's a new Marlin uh, made by Ruger. Why don't you guys put this in? Coming out in December? I did. I did. Um, yeah, so they the CEO of Ruger was saying that they almost have everything up and running because they've been doing a lot of testing and stuff. And the uh, the first one will be the 1895 um, in 4570- governments uh, coming out uh first right so before the end of the year now when it comes to canada i have no idea but um so they're also, starting to roll they're not gonna so, rust we're finally gonna get like yeah in uh 4570s that don't rust when you look at them oh fantastic yeah he, like the, the ceo was saying like they, they really took their time to you know because they obviously got all the the equipment and stuff from from uh remington's Marlin? or marlin yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. um but but they wanted to get everything ready and tested, and so, so hopefully they'll they'll be good product when they come out when they actually come out. So I believe they will be. Like Ruger's stuff is usually pretty good. They're, they're oh yeah, good. yeah. That's exciting. That's exciting because I really like that eighteen ninety four. Um, I had one, and I took it hunting one day, and it was cold. I took it inside, and I put it next to the fireplace. Uh, to get the condensation off of it as quickly as possible because the next to the yeah. fireplace is usually dry and hot and it's still flash rusted on the receiver. Oh, really? And from brand new, it was like that. Just terrible oh. finish. Like Remington's Ouch. finishes are bad. Remington's are called Rustington's for a reason. Um, some of their products are better than others, but like a lot of Remington's products were just not good. And uh, I'm, I'm super happy to see that uh, Ruger is making those 1894s because uh, they yeah. deserve like a little bit of a better finish. It should they'll, be, the... they'll be more expensive because Ruger's making them. They're going to be more expensive. Though. Yeah, it, but it'll, it'll bring the it'll bring the brand back, right? So respectability. So what did those 1894s go for before? I think the cheapest were like 650, and the expensive ones were right around a grand. I bet you they'll be like that a lot more right. than that. I was yeah. looking at them, and they were about 1300 for the SBL or the. Yeah black mm. it's gonna be more yeah it's gonna be more it's but it'll be, be better <laughs> quality be better you gotta pay more such is life <laughs> I, I i saw this one on discord i had to share it because I, I think the concept is just so funny uh let me see if let's see if i can share my screen here uh because uh <laughs> We're going back. We're, this is a muzzleloader cart- cartridge, kind of. Uh, no, it is. It's a. <laughs> this is the the federal nitro stick, or sorry, fire fire stick. Fire um, stick. <laughs> it's okay. basically a cartridge. It's it's got the powder uh, all self contained. It's the uh, is it their triple seven? I think it's their triple seven. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's you just ram the whole thing into your muzzleloader. And uh, you stick a primer in it, and <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you're just sticking a cartridge inside your muzzle loader. That's uh, basically guess, all you're doing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've uh, we've come first full circle. We're <laughs> we cartridge uh, uh, rifles to muzzle loading rifles and back to cartridge rifles uh, with, but there's you're still muzzle loading it. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea. I don't know if, if, if any of you guys have been hunting uh, with a muzzleloader or like an inline or something like that, but um, carrying ammo and stuff, uh, carrying components of ammo is a pain in the butt. You have to, you have to take these like specially made things for it, or you need to paper wrap it or do something. 
uh, to carry the stuff. And this looks, well, that's about as convenient as you can get. I could see you could very easily throw two of those in your pocket uh, for two extra rounds if you needed to, if you like wounded an animal or something like that. So uh, that's kind of neat. And you can just stick the primer in there as well. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> it's basically It's basically back to a cartridge. Uh, the next one we had here was the uh, CZTS2. So Rangeview Sports has these back in stock. Um, I like the TS2s. They're they're a different size though than like a Shadow Two or something like that, right? The uh, the mags are different. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you shoot uh, three gun, or if you shoot standard division in Ipsic, uh, I guess these are a bit these are better option than the Shadow mm-hmm. Two if you if you want to shoot one of those two. Yep. Comes with the gas pedal? Uh, the deep bronze and the racing green comes with the gas pedal. The base model does not. But the base model is $16.99. Like, if you think about it, Shadow 2 or this. Now, if you get a Shadow 2, you still need to get the magwell. You still need to do the trigger stuff. This is a single action, right? Single action only uh, trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's got a very short reset. Single action only. Um all the controls, the size of it. Like, it's it's a uh, a pistol that's not trying to be in production. Um, yet still reasonably priced compared to like a checkmate or something like that, right? Okay. Interesting, yeah. But these are quite heavy, and I think the other thing that's a downside for three gun is that there's not a lot of ret- active retention holsters that are made for this because this is not a gun that's made for uh, running and gunning the way the three gun is. It's made for like Ipsic where you draw it immediately. Right. And uh, I think that's that's all I had, right? accidentally closed it yeah yeah that's all i had uh so for the main topic uh i was kind of thinking about this a little bit earlier today um because i was talking to some uh some people on discord and i was and they were making some mistakes and i was trying to like steer them away from it i thought a fun topic might be uh mistakes we wish we had never made in relation to like gun ownership or and then and that kind of thing because i think uh that's one of the better ways of teaching new people is, is uh, t- telling them about the stuff that you did that, that was uh, a mistake and, uh, and maybe potentially correcting it. So I don't really have a format, though, of how to, uh, how to go about it other mm-hmm. than like a couple of topics. Storage. If you, uh, have you guys made any mistakes in storage or transportation? Not legal mistakes because you'd never make any of those, but like in never. buying or equipment or anything like that or learning or training. Well, for me, I went to, I bought a, uh, what was the safe? What's the safe called? It was from Cabela's um, Liberty. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made the mistake of going to pick it. It was a 26, 26 gun safe. And I made the mistake of picking it up by myself. So that was, that was a chore. <laughs> that was a chore, like, you know, putting it to the edge of the, you know, in the, uh, in the trunk and like sliding it in myself and then getting it into the, yeah, I, I completely moved it myself, which was not smart. How but, heavy was it? Uh, 365 pounds. Wow. That's light yeah. for a 26 gun safe. Holy. 20, yeah. <laughs> I think it's 26. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to remember now. Um, it's but yeah, that was a mistake. I made a moving it myself. I should have obviously called somebody, but anyways. <laughs> yeah. I think that safe is a like buying a, a nice big safe is a good idea right off the hop. I think um you okay, I'll I'll go a couple different ways. If you wanted to, you get one of those stack on safes from Canadian Tire. They go on sale every yeah. once in a while, hundred bucks. It's not that's the super skinny one, it's the one that's like a, a little bit bigger than that. It's just crappy sheet metal. 
but even like buying that for a hundred bucks, the price is low. You'll still use it afterwards. After after you get a nice big safe, you'll eventually fill that one up, and then you'll need to, you'll still use yeah, it yeah. like stack on uh, once in a while. So I was actually going to say that was my mistake is buying one of those stack of on stack cabinets. Oh, that's it. <laughs> um, and not going out and just saving the money and buying a decent safe, a big bad one. Well, yeah, are you still? Using I can the tell stack you on? that the lock on those uh, stack on it did not last, and I ended up having to drill it out. So now it's literally just a mm. metal box without even a lock. So it, mm. yeah, and you know, it one... fills up super fast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can only really fit like six guns in there, maybe, maybe six rifles. Yeah. yeah, stacking them really tight. It, they they do not. I think that's the eight gun model, and it doesn't. You, you could never get eight guns in there. Maybe if they were like rascals or something. And well, I guess there's a mistake I'm still making because I still haven't gone out and bought myself a safe because I now I want a nice one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, like TV in terms of- has the Kodiaks. Mm-hmm. I like those. Uh, they're can't remember who they're by, um, but they've got that like riveted steel around, mm. nice rustic mm-hmm. look. But they get them every once in a while, and then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go pick it up. Nope, not in stock. Yeah, I've got um, Costco has a, a sale on safes every once in a while, and they've got a 16 or a 26. I don't know, it's 300 pounds. Um, and I got that one for 300 and it's got a keypad on it. Keypad's amazing. Like keys, yeah. keys are, are the enemy in, in any of this kind of stuff because mm-hmm. your safe, your case, your trigger locks, all, if you go keys, you're going to go insane from all the stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I would, yeah, that's I'd, a good maybe, other one. Yeah. Yeah. Go combo locks on every combo or keypads on everything. Go on yep. eBay, uh, or AliExpress or whatever. Get some of the combo uh, trigger locks. Get like a five pack of that of those things. Go get some yep. of the little cable uh, TSA locks um, because like you you have to have your restricteds double locked when you go to the range. But the thing is, like if that handgun's going to be like right next to you the whole time, you don't need a fantastic lock on it. You're not stopping any criminal from like no. getting access to it. So put the flimsy TSA lock on it so you're legal. And uh, take it to the range and back. And then if you forget like the combo or it breaks or something like that, snip, snip, and, and away she goes, right? Uh, you're you're open again. Yeah, combo locks. Get combo Absolutely, locks for everything. Yeah. yeah. Don't even That's bother. I- the little like crappy, especially those crappy ones that, that come with the guns, the little the cable locks that go through the action. Oh. Like, oh, <laughs> the cheap plastic that like shreds yeah. off as you throw it through the ejection port. Those, like, tiny, it's not, those yeah. tiny little keys, right? Then you're going to have a bunch of them on a ring and it's hard to label them and oh, they're just annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I like to, I don't even like them for shipping because when you ship with one of those things, if you want to put the those cable locks, you got to put through the action. It makes the, the whole thing more bulky. I True. bought a, a a bulk pack of like fifty of those um, those little plastic like uh, screw ones for shipping mine, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I, I suppose for shipping there's lots of different options that you could use. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, combo locks, combo locks for all that kind of stuff. Um, what about um? I was I was thinking a little bit about like range membership. I was uh, like I've been shooting all my life. I've only been a member of a range for. Well, not only like I, I would say like 10 years or so um, because I wanted to own restricteds. So 
Oh boy, it's probably longer than 10 years. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, I would say getting a, a range membership was a good idea. I like for the longest time, I was like, nah, I want to shoot on private land. I don't want anyone else bothering me. I want to do my own thing. But the range has so many like little amenities that make it easier. Like the cleanup, there's like trash cans and dumpsters and all that kind of stuff. So cleanup is super easy. Uh, there's benches there. I don't have to haul a bench everywhere uh, to, to be able to shoot off or a mat or whatever. Uh, the ranges are all preset, so I don't have to like set up a beer box with a target on it and then figure <laughs> out am I at a hundred right now? I don't know. I'm trying to start yeah. shooting at it. I it's all nicely going. marked for you. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all set up. There's steel. My range has steel at like every range I could possibly want to shoot at. So um, even if I forget my targets, you're like, eh, I can still I can still do something, right? I can still like yeah. bang away at some steel. So that's convenient. Um, and then. There, I won't get the cops called on me. <clears throat> like if you go out in the middle of nowhere, if you go to some public land and you start making some noise, there's a potential the cops might get called on you and they might be like, Ooh, what do you got over there? Oh, alarm, mag. I don't think these are legal. I'm going to seize this. And you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah. and you got to like argue with them about that. Right. Um, you don't get that at a range because it's a shooting range. That's, that's what they're there for. So yeah. as much as uh, uh, you do have to like get along with other people at the range and, and that kind of thing, I, I much prefer it to, to private land shooting. I hardly do any private land shooting at all other than hunting now. Yeah. I like shooting at a range. And actually when I started, when Crystal and I start, first started actually shooting recreationally, not just to go hunting, we actually joined a member or a range right mm -hmm. then. They had the stuff and we were starting with like 22 silhouette and, Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, you had the matches, and we decided to become members then. Uh, but I would think, yeah, talk. I know a lot of people who, yeah, I'm not a member of the range. I mean, like you said, it's just that convenient that it's there. Yeah, Stay or they're like they have, a, they have an go. associate, they have an associate membership just to have a handgun, and uh, they never actually yeah. to go out to the range with it. <laughs> just sits yeah. in their safe and does nothing, yeah. right? No. Yeah. yeah. Um, Another thing on range membership, I would say like join some leagues, like do some shooting, shooting sports. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and don't be afraid of like, just jump into it. And then as soon as you like know a little bit, like start volunteering and like ROing and that kind of thing, because Agreed. that's how you like the sport, the, all the shooting sports in Canada uh, subsist on volunteers. There's, there's no such thing as like, I can't go to a paid three gun match where like, I don't do any resetting. It's not a thing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, everyone's got to volunteer, so yeah. that works out. They, like they'll your your time basically gets spotted for you when you're first starting out, but after a while you got to you got to start volunteering and uh, and helping out. Otherwise, those sports yeah. go away or they slowly wither out and die because there's just not enough people to run the matches. Well, when you volunteer around the club, it, even whether it's for an event or just around the club, you get to know people, and who knows what information they might be able to teach, and you find a new shooting buddy, or you learn about some other sport, shooting sport, or. Mm -hmm. Or something it's how you build that community yeah it's being part of the community yeah exactly well yeah i mean uh, as adults in modern era there's not a lot of social uh clubs or anything like you don't go to like there's no cheers so you don't go to like the bar and like hang out with your buddies at the at the bar or anything like that right there's no uh i don't know i don't go to a racket club or anything like that a lot of a lot of adults oh, just you don't, don't go to a racket to... club <laughs> <laughs> no Oh, I'm, not, I'm not a member of a golf club that uh, oh, no. uh, you know has a very limited number of people at it. But like shooting sports, you get the camaraderie and the uh, uh, the social aspect that a lot of adults just. Yeah. Um, 
I guess you like you you get old, your your other friends like go away or do other things, you like get some distance from them, get kids and that kind of thing, and like you can get back into socializing with people through a range very easily. Yeah, I mean and for me, it, being part of Ipsic now and seeing like a lot of the same people at all these events and stuff, I I enjoy it, right? It's uh you know, it's part of the fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um I don't want to lead here for all of, all of this. When you guys want to take an, another topic or another category of mistakes you wish you never made, uh, my my biggest mistake is uh, I had mentioned I got my pal like nearly twenty years ago, but then mm-hmm. I didn't buy my first gun until four years ago. I wish I had started much much sooner. <laughs> so that's something yeah, I will. Like, yeah, I just <laughs> like I feel like I lost so many good shooting years if I had yeah. actually gotten into it like much much sooner. So that's a regret uh, for me. Yeah, and I'll go off that by I was going to say not getting into the recreational shooting sooner. Uh but I'll go one further and say not getting my R pal with my non-restricted pal. It was offered to me mm. when I challenged for an eye, ah, my okay. non-restricted and I'm like, ah, I don't need handguns or whatever. And I've never handled one. So no, I'm not going to do it. Well, a few years later, Hmm. I kind of want to do this. A, a lot of people <laughs> say that, right? Like I'm never, I'm not going to shoot a handgun. What am I going to shoot a handgun for? And then, and then all of a sudden they want to get into these sports and they're like, Oh shoot, I don't have my RPL. So yeah. yeah, it probably seems, uh, like distant and hard to do and full of technicalities and is it even legal and is it a pain in the butt? But then you start shooting your regular rifle and you're like, Oh, this isn't so bad. What's it like for handguns? And you lock it up and take it to the range and take it back. Oh, I already do that with my rifle. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, it's not that hard. Yeah. It really yeah, is double it? doubling up, yeah. doubling up the weekend. It's cheaper. It's faster. Get it all done. Oh yeah. Any, anyone who's uh, mentioned to me, like, about wanting to get their license, I always tell them like go go all out and get it all. Just spend the extra time now, do it now, and then it doesn't matter what you're going to end up buying later, what you're going to end up shooting. Just you know, do it all now. Get it over. Then you with, can. So. Yeah. When you decide you want to, then you can. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, one for me that's kind of related to like, me. I was talking about like I was a member of a range like a while back, and just just for handguns really uh, is uh, is training because. Uh, I've mentioned on the show many times I shot handguns horribly for like many years. And I just thought handguns sucked because <laughs> I would put the sights on the target. I pull the trigger and the shots go like low or low and left. And yeah. I was like, yeah. handguns just aren't the very good. I tried moving my sights still not on because <laughs> 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 these guns are just bad. <laughs> and it was just a training issue. It was purely a training issue with handguns. Uh, and, uh, with rifle and precision shooting, uh, uh, it was a training issue as well. And, uh, I think like, I, I think 15 years ago, I, the, the courses would have been not as available as they are today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's one thing that, uh, that would have been holding me back then, but for someone today, like there's lots of courses, I would definitely take a, a handgun course. If you're into handguns, and I would definitely take a, a maple seed. If you're, uh, if you are into shooting oh, yeah. rifles, uh, accurately, because, uh, there's so much that that those courses uh, just get laid down in terms of fundamentals that uh, you don't want to go decades without knowing the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got this. And then, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I shot some deer. I can shoot, I guess. I'm pretty accurate. I can shoot a <laughs> pop cat at 100 meters, you know, but like you, you don't realize like that's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> 
you just don't know what you don't know, right? You don't know uh, yeah. whether that's good or not. That's that's something that competition shooting helps with. It helps to uh, um, humble your ego, helps to figure out yeah. where you, where you exist in the world, and uh, and it helps to tell you that you suck and you need to get better. So I yeah, like that. It's really good at that. Yeah. <laughs> humbling, yeah, definitely humbling. Uh, yeah, I got one for on gear with competition mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a lot of money on gear, but that was over time constantly buying new gear. So, uh, my replacing like replacing the same stuff, yeah, like going to different uh mag pouches, like basically buying cheap off the bat and then Mm. okay, finding stuff. Like, I'm not saying go Gucci high end shell caddies and everything right off the bat, but. Don't go with, like, I mean, it works. And we we say if that's all you can get, get it, like an Uncle Mike's and or Blade Tech holster. But you spend the money on a not all my, good, not Uncle Mike's Blade no. Tech's okay, not all my car, yeah. Uncle or, or something from Amazon. Never something from them. Amazon with a weird name and stuff like the Kydex but, textile holsters. No, no, no. There has to be a bare minimum on some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So just and researching your gear. I think Shell Caddies is one of them and they i i do kind of trash on the company just because their shell caddies just aren't good yeah they're cheap and i see them out there but tacoms i i would never suggest someone buy those because they take up so much space and they're just not good and you by the end of the season you're going to be wanting to buy other ones Uh, i have some they're they're snapped a little bit because i i laid on them (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the yep. same thing with buying your first gun. Re- do some research if you can. Shoot a bunch of different models. Like uh, when I bought my first pistol, I, hey, that's a cool pistol. Now it is a nice pistol. It's a Sig uh, P226. Mm-hmm. But especially for me learning how to shoot, it was actually not a good pistol for me that it actually doesn't fit me right. I had no one really helping. I was like, hmm, do I go get the 1911 or that? And I'm like, no, I'm going to get the 226. That's what the military, that's what our special forces use. That's what it's I'm newer than the get. 1911. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's and it's still, a, it's still a good pistol. I still own it, but it probably shouldn't have been my first pistol. And I should have actually gone out with somebody who knows what they're doing, actually figure it out. And like Adriel saying, you always says when this topic comes up, you don't know what fits or doesn't fit. So spend some time with somebody at the range if you can and yeah of course so uh it's so hard though because i mean i'm sure i'm sure you've seen that uh, everyone's happy to give their advice some of the advice is good some of the advice is worth exactly what you paid for it and mm-hmm. uh, uh <laughs> yeah and and new people get that so um it's really difficult to know when you're talking to someone who knows what they're talking about and will steer, steer you in the right direction versus someone who will just get you to buy what they bought or get you to buy something that they think is cool, but is completely not suited for you or you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And they, yeah. there are people out there who will say, Oh, go they're cheap. Go buy the Tacom shell caddies. And I'm just using that as an example. And mm-hmm. I would never tell someone to do that. That's my personal thing. And I like, no, they're much better for a little bit more out there. Yeah. But. I think, there's there's some pretty egregious stuff uh, but to the textile uh, holsters. I'm just not very good. Don't don't give, <laughs> yeah. don't be bother with one of those. That um, was my first holster too. Yep. <laughs> geez, like I think about handguns that I've used in three gun. I went from 
an MMP to an FNS 9L to a, did I go to the Glock right after that? Glock, uh, Shadow 2, and I'm currently with the Shadow 2, and I'm probably, I, I would be fine just sticking there for, for the rest of it because gun's fine and, uh, and I don't need to do anything to it. I think that uh, trying to start trying to start with one of those other ones is fine, but I think if if you were a new buyer, that here's like I'll I'll go counter to the like doing all the research and then buying the perfect gun right off the hop. Get a used pistol that is still in good condition at mm-hmm. a good price. Like shop around, try to get like a really good price on a used pistol. Buy it, shoot it for a bit. And then sell it and buy what you really want, or buy something mm-hmm. that that you figure out is better because you won't lose any money if you if you buy a yeah. used pistol at a really good. They don't wear out. Like a lot of people think, like oh, like how many miles does it have? How many rounds does it have on the pistol? It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can't <laughs> yeah. you can't shoot them out unless they were like competition. Like if it's if it's heavily modified, don't buy it. You want something that's like stock, like a yeah. stock Glock seventeen. You buy a Glock seventeen Gen four or Gen five, it'll be fine. Shoot that thing for a while, and then after you're like, hmm, okay. I think I'm going to shoot Ipsic now. Uh, and this Glock 17, I could use it or I could buy a Shadow 2 and that's what I really want. And you could take that Glock that you paid $600 for and you could sell it for $600 once you're done yeah. shooting it for a year. It, and you'd like lose the the price of shipping on the top of it. Like, who cares? It's Yeah, it's, it's a got, cheap way of... Good, uh, good use out of it, right? So yeah, uh, Basically free rent, right? Rental pistol mm-hmm. for free that you get to keep at your house and just sell when you're done with it, right? So I took a little bit shorter route with my pistols. <laughs> I had the <laughs> I had the two two six, and then made my down payment to order my STI DVC limited. <laughs> Straight for the big guns, eh? <laughs> and then I bought a Glock and modded that out to shoot for the interim until I had my STI. Nice. That'll do it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um. When going with handguns, the other thing that I, I see often is people buying weird stuff or not common stuff. You want the most common pistol because the most common stuff out there will have holsters, mag pouches, yep. cheap mags. It'll all be available. If I want to go get a, uh, a magazine for my $1,200 Shadow 2, they're 35 bucks. They're super cheap and they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. If I want to get magazines for my FNS, which is like uh, half the price of, of my Shadow 2, they're $75 each. Like you get, you get nailed on all these little things. If I got to get a holster for the stupid thing, that's, that's its own special weird thing. Right. So, yeah, I would say, especially for the new shooters, don't like you were saying, don't go get the raced out. I would even add, don't get the raced out ones. Cause you're going to be always working on it. Yeah. You're yeah, going to be yeah, constantly tuning mags, just making, cleaning it, making sure it runs because it's so finely tuned that it littlest bit will just, knock it out yeah i see the open gun shooters and all the stuff that they're doing i'm like that just seems like too much of a hassle <laughs> no thanks if you're into it it's it's fun it's just like a race yeah, car. I get you, it. you I get go it. for a run down the track and then you're rebuilding the motor or at least hooking up a laptop and retuning and figuring out what how that last run was and, and tweaking if you're into it cool mm-hmm. for a new shooter trying to figure the game out and whatnot yeah, don't it's add too much constant too much. equipment maintenance to your regime hmm Good yeah. Point. Yeah. And you can like definitely on the, on the pistols, that's a concern on rifles in, in Canada. That would be cons- actually shotguns too. semi-auto shotguns. Mm-hmm. There's some semi-auto shotguns you can buy that you're like, Oh, you might need to replace the extractor on this one. Or you might need to replace the recoil spring, or you might need to like run 200 rounds of high brass through this and then like work it in or, or something silly like that. Yeah. Um, or you can just buy the one that works. 
I, buying the one that works like the reliability of the, of it is important. It's like a car. Mm-hmm. If your car breaks down on you, like first week, you're like not going to have any trust in it <laughs> and your enjoyment of it is going to be way down. Same thing with guns. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. If, if you're going to, if you're going to be new buy something that's just reliable out of the box, a Glock or a shadow two or something yeah. like that shadow. one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's a bunch of mistakes that you can make on there. Um, and then I, I guess there's some gear stuff too. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I probably have 10 slings. I probably have 10 <laughs> rifle slings. Yeah. And uh, I only use like two of them. And the other ones, uh, well, they just sit in my cabinet. <laughs> they collect dust. I got a I bunch of bipods. Have. You don't have a bunch of rifle slings? No. How do you carry your rifle when you... I got a couple have- slings, but I don't have a bunch of them like i know the mm. style of sling i'm looking for and oh well i've got uh I mean, if slings, i can get my dad's ar yes the ar we don't use slings for ar up here so i i have one sling for for ar for when i'm going down to the states where yeah you know ahead of time yet yeah, you're gonna have to sling and the one time i had to sling down there it was silly it literally hung down hung down at low ready you or no you were high ready shoot drop your rifle clear a plate rack with your pistol mm-hmm. that was the stage that was the extent of slinging your rifle and i had worked on okay it's around my back and flipping it around and all that lead up to it and i have to drop my gun okay yeah <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, I got a couple of uh, of AR ones because I've done a couple of like CQB courses and for for that kind of thing like a, a single points uh, or a two point and I've I got like an MS4 and uh, all this other kind of and then I got maple seed ones and uh, and some of them I use and some of them I don't and I think that uh, if I'd have just gone to the course I would have uh, I would have figured it out so yeah rests. Just get a junior the rock or a lead sled or some sort of like really firm adjustable uh, rest and don't dick around with like cheap crappy ones in between. Yeah, it's no point. Like the 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 standalone bag thing or the like different bags with front. Just get an adjustable and run off the hop. They're yeah. fifty bucks. Yeah. And you won't have like a whole bunch of sandbags and weird stuff for for your front no, rifle rest. Fifty bucks can't go wrong. That the Rock Junior is like a an adjustable cast iron base uh, uh, rest. If you want to spend more, like there's there's better ones out there, but like that's like a minimum viable like excellent rest for uh, for shooting a rifle at the range. And I would get something like that sooner rather than later, so that you're not. I see uh, guys at the range all the time. They're trying to sight in the rifle for hunting season. They've got a rolled up jacket in, on their on the bench. And it's like okay, that is one piece that's holding you back from like really good accuracy and fun and like if you if your rifle's not steady who knows like yeah maybe you're sighted in maybe not uh mm-hmm. is the rifle grouping well maybe it's you like getting that really nice rest is is at least the front rest is i find is super key i can always like bunch up my my fist in in behind the rear the rear of the stock and adjust mm-hmm. like that or or use a bag mm-hmm. if i want to get fancy but that front rest being steady is super important mm-hmm. I will add a caveat though. He could, I don't know the situation, but that could be also practicing an actual position that you'd be using out in the field. Out in the field, you use your backpack, your jacket, whatever you have on hand in certain situations to get steady. So practicing building those. Uh, you probably want abnormal positions. You probably want the rock rest or something like it 
for citing in. And then you want yeah. that for if you want to do like field expedient uh, stuff. Yeah. Because now you're not citing in. Now you're no. uh, you're practicing sure. shooting in realistic conditions. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Practice shooting off your bipod. I guess citing in your rifle is a good idea too. Citing your rifle, citing your pistol. Not your pistol. I'd say that's a big mistake. Sighted. I think a lot of people make, and I I still do. I at times I shoot my hunting rifle is sighting in before hunting season. I barely get any. I'm so busy with other competition usually, and whatnot that I barely shoot my hunt rifle. Except to oh yeah, it's it's on zero. Maybe throw a box through it before going out hunting. But I write box. Oh, three rounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> three rounds done. <laughs> I wasn't trying to make it sound so bad. <laughs> Just chase chase it till it's like one of them hits the center and be like, done. I don't yeah. have to adjust it anymore. Oh, exactly. Look, that's how I made it. It's done. <laughs> For the newbies listening, we're joking around. Mm-hmm. Fire like a few three round groups at uh at your desired distance and uh get that zero proper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't dick around with your gear a lot, like I've, I've got one month, one of my buddies, he has a 270 that he's had for 15 years. And every year he goes to the range and he fires two rounds just to verify that it hasn't changed and it never has. And then he goes out, he's got one. We, we made up a, a, a box of 50 rounds of uh, a 270, like 15 years ago. And he just keeps picking away at that box and like every year. Expend <laughs> three rounds, two for sighting in, one for a deer. Yeah. Done. <laughs> so lasts for a while when you do. Just like keeps that. going. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like for me, I, I could never do that because I'm dicking around with like absolutely all my guns all the time. So okay, so Garrett's asking a question. Um, mm-hmm. Thinking of mostly hunting, but interest have interest in sporting clay, skeet, bird hunting. Would a solid pump be sufficient, or is it better to go up to a cheaper semi? No pump action. Works I would fine. say go pump, and yep. you get to train your coordination. That's the biggest part is just training your coordination. But something like uh, what is it? Supernova, the Benelli Supernova, oh, or nice if pump. you yep. yeah, as far as the newer pumps, I think it's one of the best ones. The new eight seventies you. Take a wire brush, Remington. put it on a drill, and Remington. ream in that chamber because you will get brass stuck in there. Um, Maybe an older, what about a used 870? Oh, a used, a used if you can find a Wingmaster, like, yeah. like what I actually used for, for gross, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Those old 870 Wingmasters, hands down. Yeah, better for a quality pump versus a cheaper semi. The cheap semis are not reliable. No. Your it's, quality it's hard pump. to do a, a reliable semi shotgun. It's, it's not something you can do for cheap. So you either like spend the money and you're going to be spending at the minimum $800 for an M3K. And that's one mm-hmm. of the ones you might have to change the extractor on. Yep. Uh, yep. Or you can uh, bump your budget up and get a used uh, something or other that's, that's semi-auto, maybe like a Beretta A400 or something like that. Yeah. I would just do a pump for, for what he's talking about. Sporting clays, yes. pumps fine. Ski, yeah. bird hunting, pumps fine. Yeah, it'll do all that. And yeah, you can even get them. I mean, you get good with it. There's guys that run pumps just as fast as semi guys. Just need a big yeah. tube. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the semis are, are finicky. Like the M3K, <clears throat> that's one that's very susceptible to shoulder press pressure. You can have too much or too little very easy with it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't know with those inertial shotguns, if you were to take that shotgun and if you put butt it up against a chunk of wood and shoot it, it won't cycle. 
they need that recoil to uh to cycle properly yeah a pump get a pump yep quality pump like i said uh supernova supernova 2 uh, I think the only difference in there is the shell size that it can accept. The Supernova 2, I think, is a three or three and a half inch gun. Maybe. Three and a half, and the Supernova is a three inch. Uh, if you want an 870, but if, find an old 870 if you can. The newer ones, you're going to have to do a lot of polishing to get that thing running reliably and nice. Mm-hmm. That, that was, those are my suggestions for, for as far as pumps. Yeah, and they'll do all that stuff. You won't be at a disadvantage with any of it. Yeah, make sure it's got chokes. Whatever you do, yes. make sure it's chokeable. Or if you do get an old wingmaster, like my old wingmaster is a, mo- a fixed mod choke. That's nice middle ground. But if you can, interchangeable chokes. And you can actually get barrels for your 870s too that are chokeable too. You can go and buy a brand new yeah. barrel that'll go on your old wingmaster. And now get, you have removable you chokes. Barrel. If you get a barrel, it's going to be expensive unless you can get a deal on it. Hmm. Think. Trying to think how much they were. There was. Two fifty or three hundred dollars for a barrel, I think. But if you really look, and you if you really look and shop around, you might be able to get a used eight seventy for like four hundred. Yeah. yeah. So for three for like two two hundred for a barrel, just sell it and buy another one. Buy another. <laughs> yeah. Don't invest too much in your gun. It, it's very easy to put too much in uh, mods and accessories to the point where you should have bought the next gun up. In fact, I will go grab mine to to show here. We're oh, yeah. not on YouTube yeah. tonight. No, no, we're just Facebook. Yeah, I'll show your 870. That'd be cool. Um, maybe while you're doing that, uh, optics? Optics? You don't really have many optics, do you? Uh, no, I, I don't have many. Um, maybe to do with quality there, but... Minimum quality. And, and minimum yeah, quality minimum. is a thing again, right? $200 for a scope. That's that's your minimum. If you want like a, a, a hunting scope, don't you can't get the fifty dollar one. You can't get the one hundred dollar no. one. The one that came on your rifle is a piece of shit. You need to take it off and yeah, yeah. twenty two or something yeah. like that. You need to spend two hundred dollars minimum on a like a hunting scope or something like that. Any any less than that, and the the optical quality and the the build quality of it's just not going to be good enough. Yeah, usually the ones in the combo sets are they're not good, right? No. No. Okay, so this is an old 870 Wingmaster. Mm. You're looking for a pump shotgun. This is, I would say, go to. It is ultra reliable, ultra smooth. It's literally what I hunt with when I'm hunting grouse, geese. I have taken my M2 out for geese, but something about the Wingmaster, I I really like it. It's classic. And nice long barrel. And it is a fixed mod. And is now well, one thing to look for when you when you're looking at uh, well, a seventy should be fine. Steel rated, that kind of thing. Those should yep. all that's that's fine for steel, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if you're doing waterfowl, you'll probably be shooting steel out of it. Uh, one thing to watch for though mm-hmm. is like on these older ones. Like I'm actually just looking at mine. It is a two and three quarter inch chamber. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it is okay. that old. <laughs> yeah, you need you need three inch. You need a little bit right. more uh, room for, for all yeah. those steel pellets. Yeah, if you if you can find it, yeah, it's just more advantageous. That's one reason why I, I typically would take my Benelli out for, for geese, but, you know, going out grouse hunting or whatever. And I don't know, I haven't even looked for steel and 
two and three quarter. I don't know if you can actually get it. Can you? Yeah, it's just not it's ne- not nearly as good. Like the load yeah. ability is isn't very good because you can't get the the shot in there. Uh, where like mm-hmm. so the, the the jump from two and three quarter to three inch it makes a big difference in the uh, in the shot. I would say the jump between three inch and three and a half inch. Like there's a big performance advantage there. I don't think it matters a lot though. I think I think if you were to go uh, duck hunting, like your three and a half inch definitely doesn't matter for goose hunting. Eh, I still don't think it may, it may, it matters all that much. Well, I look at it, I've shot three and a half inch, and do you really need to destroy your shoulder that much? You're not or adding. The, I don't think you're adding a lot of extra distance going that route. That I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, and if the duck or goose accidentally ends up a little bit too close, you just <laughs> obliterate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you tenderize the meat very well, uh, a little bit too well, but. Uh, yeah, we're just talking about optics where you want to get your shotgun there. And mm. I was just kind of saying, like, you, you can't get, like, the minimum viable for, like, a hunting scope should be, like, $200 plus. You can't go lower than that because if you go lower than that, the glass quality is, like, not very good. And and reparable brands, because all the brands, like, if you look at oh, Lupo, yeah. Vortex, they they got their lower end. Like, I can speak to Loophold. I don't, I'm not very familiar with the Vortex line. i I'm not a vortex shooter. I'm a loophole guy, but like you look at the VX Freedom, that lineup, they're that's all you need. I got my high, I got a high end on my competition, now, like a VX six, mm-hmm. but my hunting rifle has a VX three I, and yeah. it's all I need for hunting. And I'm actually looking at the uh, VX Freedoms for if I actually end up buying my wife a hunting rifle. What the, what's the price on those things? Uh, less than 500. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of, there's lots of choice in, in, in that area. Vortex has some, some decent stuff in those, yeah. uh, those loopholes, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you can't get a $50 or a hundred dollars scope. No. And then the other thing to, to, the other thing to consider, uh, just because you can get more magnification doesn't mean you should when like, generally the more the costlier scopes like an expensive three to nine will have better glass than uh, a four to 16. That's the same price or a five to Mm -hmm. 25 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you'll actually get, uh, so you'll get worse glass, you'll get less clarity and you won't be able to see the deer as clearly if, as if if you were just to get like a, Mm -hmm. a decent three to nine or, or similar, right? Oh, for sure. And yeah, when you put in those wide range, magnification like you said it's harder to get the same quality it's harder for the manufacturer to get the same quality out of a wider range of magnification i see a lot of guys going for like four to 16s and that kind of thing for deer and i'm like where are you shooting ontario (laughs) you're gonna be like 100 yards maybe like why you got a four to 16 get the the three to nine will be lighter the glass will be better it'll be cheaper like uh, you don't need all that stuff in fact um if they were more available, I would rather go for a fixed six or a fixed four. Mm. I would love if those were more available, but there's, there's yeah. very few manufacturers that make them. Like Weaver has yeah. a, a fixed six and a fixed four, I believe. Um, I think Leupold has one as well. Leupold does have some. I think it's more towards their competition, their higher yeah. their higher end yeah. line. But yeah, they, they do have them. I'm shooting a three and a half to 10 for my hunting rifle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it usually stays around ten. So, like you're saying, a fixed 
six or 12. I mean, that's a long shot. I keep mine around like I, six. If I'm going to, I go against what everyone says. And I like having a big target, even though it's harder to stabilize on the target when your target's big. And I know You're it. I just the can't get past that mental thing where I want to have a nice big target. <laughs> yeah. I, you, the other thing you can do is just like crank it as you, as you get it up there. Uh, I saw a bunch of guys at CRPS doing that. They would uh, they would pull the gun up with uh, with it on low mag to get target acquisition acquired. Zip back Zoom on. It. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah, that looked kind of neat. A different way of getting target acquisition. You can always do that with a mm-hmm. with a variable starting out at low, but uh, deviating a little bit from uh, mistakes we ne- we wish we never made. <laughs> Is there any other kind of uh, any kind of other kind of gear or anything like that that you guys ended up buying that you're like had buyers regret on that uh, that you wish you hadn't? Mm thinking um maybe not for like competition but for hunting just gimmick stuff sprays yeah. and camos and all the other kind of weird yeah. stuff yeah our, our our parents and grandparents went hunting in in red flannel <laughs> i still like having good camo and i'm i am a anal about noise but like unnatural noise i've come to realize okay you know natural noise is all right it's that unnatural noise that's gonna get you and like i bought a trigger here's a good example i bought a trigger stick last year one of the extendable trigger sticks I'm like okay perfect i can use it as a walking stick right on the thing it says don't use it as a walking stick <laughs> <laughs> but you put it down and the spring inside sitting there rattling around mm. and so i i consider that a mistake i wrapped it with uh, ru- electrical rubber tape and then hockey tape, like white hockey tape, so that I can get my own little breakup pattern going with mud and whatnot. Um, but another mistake, so I guess this is more following the hype of the industry. Mm. Uh, rage broadheads, they're all the rage. I would say probably my biggest mistake in archery hunting was buying those and then trying to and i'm sure on smaller animals like deer yeah they they work good on a good shot but you go moose hunting with one of those no i i think my first moose every arrow hit and penetrated but it took three shots to actually expire with those rages and I, i couldn't reuse a single one of them so that was a hundred and some dollar pack of broadheads on one moose that I can't reuse again. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Hmm. I, I bought a uh, fanny pack and, and a fanny pack of any kind is, is wrong. So I don't even use it for hunting anymore. <laughs> They're coming back, Mo. They're coming back. You're ahead oh, of the yeah. curve. <laughs> I got a buddy who uses a fanny pack for all his like little <laughs> kits and caboodles and whatever. And he likes it. Yeah. Yeah. I've just gone to yeah. wearing a backpack. I, I bought a Vorn last year. I want a Kafaru, but I just started wearing a backpack. Yeah. I have emergency sense. shelter, fire starter, kill kit with game bags. I, I, growing up, and it's funny, I was talking with my dad. Like We never did that. We went out with a pouch on our hip that had our knives in there. That was it. And then an ammo wallet. And now, like, even a day hunt, I go put on a backpack. It doesn't have much in there. It's just a day pack, but I got a backpack in there that I'm going to be able to spend the night if I have to. It's, I'm not saying right, wrong. It's just interesting how time progresses and things change. And did yeah. people hunt differently? 
I lazy hunt. I hunt on like private land and I carry like minimum stuff. <laughs> if, if I need to sleep there, I'm going to die. <laughs> you have your limo parked near the, uh, near the entrance of the woods. Uh, I'll no, put it no. this way. When I shoot a, when I shoot a deer, I like, Oh, okay. I tag it and I, I walk back, which is like a 15 minute. And then I'll, I grab a pickup truck and I drive to the deer. <laughs> I'm not dragging a thing anywhere. It's, yeah. it's going into the pickup truck. So yeah, I, I, I lazy hunt. So when, when I talk, I, I can't talk about what I carry in hunting because it's uh, it's not practical for a lot of people who who are, <laughs> you know, actually hiking out in the middle of nowhere where they yeah. don't have reception or they don't have uh, pickup trucks that they can just drive right up next to the deer. There's also all that other kind of stuff, right? If you do moose out in the middle of nowhere, you need a cart or a, a sled or some way of getting them out. Yeah. And uh I never have to worry about that kind of stuff. Multiple trips, a quarter at a time. <laughs> mm. Mm. You know what I like? Uh, um, I've got a bunch of different flashlights and that kind of thing, but like headlamps, headlamps are like killer for, oh. for hunting and, and then that kind of thing. Cause I, you're doing stuff at night, you're tagging or whatever. Like, do you want a flashlight or do you want a headlamp that just yeah. is on? It's just lighting up what you're looking at and you can work and drag the moose up or do whatever you need to without yeah. having a, Hands free, yeah. That's gonna be the first thing in the bag next to the kill kit, and ability to have that red light. Mm. Yeah. yeah, or the yeah. one from your video where you can do go down to one lumen. That'd be interesting to see how that is at night because I like the red light because it it does not destroy your night vision mm-hmm. at all. But one lumen one is lumen, surprisingly usable. Consider like um, if you were out at night and there was a big bright uh, full moon, you don't need a yeah. flashlight. You're, you're fine, right? I don't know how many mm-hmm. lumens a, a, a full moon is, but uh, just consider that. Like, if you just got just yeah. a little bit of light, it's fine. And then you're just like, that battery will last forever on one lumen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, get a double rifle case. Don't get singles. Singles are like, you're going to, you're going to start going to the range with two rifles or three rifles yeah. or something like that. True. It's way more efficient to pack two rather than one. Don't yeah, get you don't have to have cases. arm loads just yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and the backpack straps like I thought I didn't think I would use them but I use them all the time because mm-hmm. like up and down stairs or yeah. I want to do the dad thing and like take everything I need to the range to the van in one trip I can yeah. do that but yeah. if I got, you got the backpack ammo right. range bag rifle yeah 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 uh I would say like uh, you you were talking earlier about like competition equipment. I would say just don't dick around with it. Just get the, get the good stuff right off the hop, get the double alpha belt or, or whatever. Don't yeah. mess around with a stiff leather belt or um, <laughs> don't try to innovate on your gear. Just get what everyone's running. If everyone's running True. a two part inner outer Velcro, get that. Don't get a battle belt because you're like, ah, this looks better. It looks more comfortable and that kind of thing. But why is everyone else running with this other thing? It's probably a good reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends what you want out of it too. I mean, if you want to do that and wear the plate carrier and do the tactical, then go treatment. talk to the plate carrier guys. Yeah, ask them yeah. what they run. Yeah. yeah, if you want to be competitive and play the game as it's initially a tent. Well, not initially, but as it has become a race, get the race here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And get a GoPro. Don't get any of the yeah. cheap ones. <laughs> yeah. Don't get the knockoff GoPro. It's, give, it's a waste of time. Yeah. It's a waste of money. Just yeah. get the GoPro right off the right off the hop. One of the new ones is just waterproof out of the out of the 
gate without having to need the case or anything like that. Get waterproof everything. You're going to be on the range in the rain. Anything, everything's getting wet. So all your gear has to be like at least rainproof. Doesn't need to be like one meter water uh, uh, underwater waterproof, but like at, at least like water resistant. And have a range buddy who can take your phone and video your stages, whether you're posting them or not, and mm. review them. Mm-hmm. And for the buddy videoing, horizontal, not vertical. Horizontal. <laughs> We're not recording for TikTok here. <laughs> Sideways. Yeah. <laughs> I've got video of my first uh, three-gun match. I should send it to you. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's so bad. I got, a, I got mine on a hard drive, too, and it was at Chaz in an October match with me in a plate carrier and that, and it is brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's so bad. You're like, oh, my God, what are you doing? I was, like, trying to be safe, so I'm running with, like, the action open on my shotgun. I was like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> Well, you learn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it. I I like looking back at that stuff because it's funny. Yeah. And every once in a while, when I watch someone new shooting, I'm like, I did that. Oh, that's it's yeah. like you get to reminisce, yeah. right? It's a good reminder. And be like, yeah, you know, I I was there. Yeah. <laughs> we all have to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Cool. Anything else that we're missing, or anything that you guys can think of? Not offhand, Nate. All right. We'll covered a Let's, lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, we did. <laughs> I think so. Let's head on to uh, listener feedback. Listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, park rising, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. And if you're a newbie, you can just like roll in there, and he'll uh, he'll guide you right. He'll he'll show what you show you what you what to buy. Head on over to dcgunsmith.ca. Check him out on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, speaking about Facebook, we've been getting to the questions and things as people have been asking. Uh, I don't think, yeah, we, we've been hitting everything as it's been coming in. Yeah. Uh, so. we have this first email. I'll take this one because it's a little bit longer. Uh, hi, Slamfire crew. I'll start off with a lighthearted topic about Quinell weather. I live just south of Quinell, and I can probably guess by the way the weather has been this year, there's probably won't be snow for the night shoot. The weather is nicer than Edmonton on average because, well, that's not difficult to do. Edmonton's weather is terrible <laughs> uh, because the town is fairly low elevation and is on the Fraser River. It's also only a nine-hour drive from Edmonton. Only nine hours. Yeah, I'm only. <laughs> <laughs> and now for the political portion of this email, I might as well lay it out there that I identify as uh, Apache Hell. No, he didn't say that. As uh, Austrian, uh, Libertarian, and Cap. I think, isn't it like, isn't the an in there not Austrian? Isn't it uh, uh, anarchist uh, libertarian? Anyways, I really hate the state as they say, but I also acknowledge that I have to work for uh, with what's in front of me. I noticed that most of the mainstream gun groups and media apologizing for the conservatives throw their base under the bus and losing seats because of it. The Yukon. I don't understand. I don't get it. I know the PPC never had a chance to win anything, but them tripling their support should be an eye-opener. Vaccine mandates were uh, a lot of voters' single issue. Yeah, I agree with that, and, and including a couple of ex-leftists I'm friends with who ended up voting PPC. I'm pretty sure the conservatives would have gained more seats if they were principled and stuck with it rather than flip-flopping to appease people who wouldn't vote for them in the first place. Um, maybe. I don't know. Uh, like uh, them sliding to the left, like they picked up some votes over here. Maybe they, they left some off over there. Well, they definitely left some off over there. Um, I don't know. I mean, they they did mildly better than last time. So it's it's, it's hard to say. 
Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I really don't see solutions for people in rural areas of the West coming from federal politics. Sadly, people who live thousands of kilometers away uh, have more sway in who has power over me than my neighbor or I. Uh, the way forward I'm pushing for is secession and agorism, counter economics, basically encourage non-compliance in black or gray markets. Then we'll have to focus on growing local communities of like-minded individuals and then using local politics to limit federal influence. Uh, I write this as a father of three who sees no future for his children in such a place uh, in time as we find ourselves or we stick with the status quo. Uh, I do have some things look, to look forward to depending on how well off you are. There's an inevitable economic calamity coming. What uh, Mrs. Mises calls the crack-up boom. Uh, this will create an opportunity for real change that's going to be ugly. But I believe if the Conservatives want to have power, they'll have to extend an olive branch to the PPC. The last two leaders are soft and uninspiring compared to Max, uh, who had his leadership stolen by the milk mafia, who has <laughs> been crippled undeservingly uh, by the new trade deal with the U.S. Uh, as a farmer who operates outside of the supply management system, but has to pay them in order to operate legally, I can say it'll be great to see them disappear off the scene. Uh, and then he's got some links to some different things to take a look at. Uh, sorry for the long email, but hops, what must be done is similar to what Adriel was thinking Alberta should do. Thanks, Dallas. Okay. Yeah. Some, some hmm. interesting thoughts in there. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. uh, uh, I think I was talking about uh, maybe on our, our federal election, uh, uh, episode where, uh, too much power is at the federal level and should be at the provincial level because we, we get the the natural experiment I was talking about with those states, right? And yeah. uh, I feel like most politicians, well, politicians go for for what they think will get them vote, votes from the people. Mm-hmm. And if there's more natural experimentation, there's more opportunity for us to see what works and what doesn't work. Because it's yeah. not obvious, right? Like a lot of people have very different ideas on how much the state should be involved or should not be involved in people's lives. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, if there was more opportunity for natural experimentation, uh, we would get better statistics on what works or what doesn't work for different things. And we could actually like make some real change in Canada that was a little bit more um, uh, evidence-based instead of uh, whatever people voted for, which is what we do right now. No chance of that happening, by the way, but uh, uh, a good thought, a good (laughs) direction. I think that it would help. (laughs) Uh, Any other, anything else on that? No, I, I agree. There's definitely lots in there to to think about, but I'm with you like more on the local level than federal for sure. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> nothing new from uh, Patreon, Instagram or Facebook. If you'd like to send the show an email, send it to slamfire radio at gmail.com. Uh, we have a new Patreon supporter. The new supporter is Matt. Oh, Matt, uh, the pat the patches are packed up. So you can send your address in. Um, Oh, wait, I have some. I have some in my bin over here that I usually take to the range. Uh, send your address in and I'll try to get in the mail. Uh, for anyone else, if you'd like to get a patch in the mail, randomly mailed to you, uh, maybe if I have some, uh, send it, uh, go on over to patreon.com slash slamfire radio and uh, sign up there. It helps us pay for uh, hosting and stream yard and all this other kind of nonsense that we need to uh, get this uh, quality content out to you. It's content at least to get this content out to you. Quality. Quality. Sometimes quality, it is, yeah. sometimes it isn't. Yeah. Uh, shout outs. Mo? Uh, everyone behind the uh, Ontario Provincials, the stages were great and it's, it's it was really well run and it was an awesome day. So 
anyone everyone behind it deserves a big shout out fantastic Cotton. uh yeah everyone that come out to work on the range there on saturday uh, eldon pete rob matt mark aaron paul devin candace and lyle a uh, great amount of work and thank you guys for continuing to help out and get this range opened awesome and mine just goes out to uh to rick thanks for coming out coming out west and making the drive and uh putting on crps for us because that was, was a fun event it's not something we get to do a lot of i should really shoot more orps though because there was some orps that regulars there and they were like way better than i am and i can see it clearly it's because they, they shoot this thing every month and they're getting better and better and better more check-ins to see how good they are how not good they are and sight in the rifle and have it set up for dope and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, it's just, I should probably, I should probably it's do a that. Bonus, you don't need that. <laughs> yeah, no. Is, is this dial doing anything? Am I doing the right kind of thing with this dialing? That'd be cool. Yeah. Is this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> At least, you know, in previous years, I had um, this happens to a lot of people. You you accidentally forget to reset it in between stages, and then you go set up your rifle for the next stage, and you crank up even more elevation, and you're like nowhere near your target. <laughs> I didn't do that this time. I reset it every time. I, I, I was cranked. I was dialed into my dope exactly every single stage. I don't know what my dope is. Uh, it's, it's not what Street, Streetlock was telling me, but uh, it was set correctly. <laughs> uh, finally, finally, check us out on Gunners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. Uh, give us a review over there. Uh, join the CCFR, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Good night, Kelly. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.